On today's show, is a VA a good first hire in your company? We're joined by calling guest Niels, who wants to know when and how to hire a VA, a virtual assistant. But Clay and I slam on the brakes and force Niels to answer the question, is a VA even the best first hire to make? The answer might surprise you. It's all on today's episode of Freelance to Founder. Let's go. I'm Preston. And I'm Clay. And this is Freelance to Founder. Clay and I have both been there, barely making ends meet as a freelancer, knowing there has to be more. But since then, we've each built multiple six or seven figure businesses. And now it's your turn. On this show, we're changing the lives of everyday freelancers just like you. Discovering this podcast a few months ago really like changed the trajectory of my journey. I'm not sure I would even be thinking about pushing this forward as much as I am if it weren't for YouTube. This has been really helpful and I, I think a good mindset shift for me. Really, really valuable stuff. I've made a ton of notes and I plan to put this stuff into action immediately. Discovering that I'm a founder instead of freelancer has been amazing for me. If you're ready to push past hourly rates and build a business that sets you free, then you've got to join us. You can call in yourself by visiting freelance2founder.com. We can't wait to chat with you. We'll be back with today's caller after this. Whether you want to travel more or communicate better with international clients, you need to try Babbel. I've used Babbel's courses and you can do the same in order to learn real life conversation skills in a different language, order food, ask for directions, or speak to clients without having to use translation apps. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription. This is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash freelance. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash freelance, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash freelance. Rules and restrictions apply. When you wake up in the morning and check your phone, does it feel like this or like this? Because with Shopify, your morning can feel like this way more often. That's the sound of a sale being made on your new Shopify store. And while client payments may require weeks or months of work, you can start generating a semi-passive income to grow your business by setting up a Shopify store all of your own. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your latest designs on shirts or bags or adding something totally different to your business, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. You can sell online, you can sell in person, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. With Shopify, you can set up your store in minutes and start selling immediately. And Shopify's award-winning support is there to help you as you go. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash freelance. That's all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash freelance to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash freelance or click the link in our show description and start waking up to this. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Freelance to Founder. My name is Preston Lee with Milo.co. That's M-I-L-L-O dot C-O. And joining me on the air today, as always, is my good friend Clay Mosley from GetDripify.com. Hey, Clay. What's going on, man? The newly uh, registered, uh, copyrighted <laughs> Dripify, might I Yeah, add. you see that? <laughs> yeah, I yeah, can see that, that. That was just today. Just today. Oh, wow. See, look, a, how, that was a look long how tight battle. we are. Um, so do you own the word Dripify now? I do. Because there's other companies. like in, in the US, I own the word Dripify. Yeah. Wow. There is a, there's only one other, and they are, they're actually out of Europe somewhere. Okay. 
Um, but in the United States, I own the word Dripify. <laughs> Very cool. Maybe we, at some point, maybe in a Q&A episode or something, we'll get into why you decided to do that. Uh, if Listeners, if you're particularly interested in why Clay decided to go through what sounds like was a pretty long, somewhat difficult uh, journey of, of actually getting a red, what is it, a registered trademark? Is that what it's called? Regist- yep. Federal registered trademark. Yep. Yeah. So if you're interested in learning more about that, submit a question, freelance2founder.com slash ask, or any question, really. That's where we uh, we get our Q&A episode questions from. We'll do our best to answer in 15-ish minutes. Anyway, that's not what we have today. Today, we have a full-length coaching call, and we're joined by our new friend, Niels, also calling from Germany. We had a caller last week from Germany. This is two in a row. Niels, welcome to the show. Hello. Uh, Thank you for having me. We're very excited to have you. Thanks so much for calling in. We really appreciate it. Why don't you tell us and the listeners a little bit more about your business? So, uh, I have a a social media marketing agency. Um, I, I st- it started as a side hustle. I learned uh, being a police officer in Munich and, and now I'm wanting to do it full time as a freelancer and maybe starting an uh, agency. Um, I have uh, lots of questions about how to find the right network, um, maybe get a VA so I can um, scale my business so I can get more clients if I um, can push some tasks to the side. Hmm. And Yes, at the moment I have about uh, five clients and that's about it. Awesome. And how long was it a side hustle before you took it full time? Um, only about six months. but it, um, So it spread around with a word of mouth. And um, it started as one cl- uh, client I did for free and he was quite uh, satisfied. So um, he recommended me and um, as the time goes, I'm have I have four fixed uh, five uh, fixed uh, clients at the moment. I love it. Um, nice. You know, this is this is like a testament to doing work for free, right? I I hesitate to recommend doing work for free because if you're not smart about it, it's just a waste of time. But if you're strategic about it, like Niels has been doing, one client or a couple clients, or maybe a client a year or something, maybe some pro bono work for a nonprofit or just a company you really love and believe in. Like that can lead to good work. If you do good work for them, they will tell their friends. They will tell people. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's there's a lot of reason to to strategically do pro bono work, especially when you're getting started. Yeah, yeah, right. It's uh, was the perfect way to find the uh, the first client because nobody mm. wants to have someone doing the marketing with uh, no experience <laughs> yeah. and then pay for it. And so, so how long ago did you say you took it full time? Um, I'm I'm not at that point right now. I, I'm still oh. working as a police officer. Oh, okay, okay. Um, f- full time, and um, yes, but at working day and night on my not, at the moment side hustle. Okay, okay. Sorry. Great, perfect, love it. Um, big fans of side hustlers here. And um, so, are, is there a certain kind of client that you work with? Is it like small businesses? Um, who primarily hires oh, you? It's uh, everything. I have a, a client who's a startup, uh, st- just starting in Germany. So they started in France and uh, now took the um, started a, a, a big um, like a group in Germany. And I'm the the marketing guy. Then a, a wine store, a shooting range, um, someone who does uh, glasses. 
Um, so it's a little bit of everything. <laughs> wow. So that's it's one of the questions I need to niche down, I think. Okay, so long-time listeners, you will know that uh, every time we have someone join us on the show, like Niels is joining us, which, by the way, we would love to have you join us. You just visit freelance2founder.com and you scroll all the way to the bottom of the page. There's a little questionnaire and a link to get on our calendar. We'd love to talk about your business and help you overcome some of the hurdles that you're facing. But Niels did that. You filled out this questionnaire. And Niels, you said that you're currently on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being a freelancer, 10 being a founder. You said, I'm currently at a two, but I want to be in the next year. I want to be more like an eight. It's a big leap. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about if, if you could project one year from now, what do you want your business to look like? Um, so I want to have uh, uh, get some help, uh, probably if, um, like a VA and help me with uh, doing designs, doing writing the texts, and maybe some someone who does... Uh, a little bit of um, video editing. Um, so I, in the future that I just have a supervising role, getting new clients and everything else will be um, done by my team. So maybe one mm. manager and one texting guy, one um, one creator and maybe one someone who does more like editing and stuff. Okay, okay. And yes. so do you see yourself being like the client liaison, working with the clients? not necessarily doing the creative work as much? Yes, uh, I, I really like um, uh, selling. So um, mm. as I started my business, I just went from store to store and tried to pitch my my, my agency or my, my, my freelancing because it was uh, fun to me. I didn't really need that much clients, but I just liked the, the selling part. So that's really yeah. the, the dream outcome. Oh, man, there's just something like... Uh... I don't know. When you like sales, you just like sales. I had mm -hmm. my son was in a play in his junior high and they needed sponsors. And I, I literally like took the day off work and just went around knocking on local businesses, <laughs> asking him them to sponsor my son's play. It was so much fun. I got this rush out of it, man. Um, when <laughs> someone finally says it. yes. <laughs> you know what? I, I imagine sales are a lot easier whenever you're pimping your own kid out. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's a little bit easier when it's like the local junior high, you know, but still like it was fun. It was it was a good yeah. time. Anyway, anyway, Niels, why don't you why don't you tell us? OK, so that's a good picture of what you're hoping. Those are some lofty aspirations for the next year. Tell us what's standing in your way. How can we help? So the the biggest problem is how do I find the right way? I never did um, write out some sort of um, job um, offer for someone. I don't, I, I, I've, because I listened to episodes, I maybe thought uh, about Upwork or something um, to get my first VA. Um, but it's, you, you always think that you do the best work and nobody does it better than you. So it's, I don't know what, what parts of my work I can put and push to the side and let the, how do I transfer some of my business to my assistant? Hmm, yeah. So the, mm -hmm. the question is really two parts. First, what I'm hearing is, how do I find a good VA or virtual assistant? Um, how do I find the right person to start helping me with some of these tasks in my business? Second part of the question is, when I do find someone, how do I give them tasks in a way that they can succeed? And, and even though they may not be as invested in the business as I am, they can still want the business to succeed. Is that fair? Yes, 100 correct. Okay. Clay, do you have any suggestions on finding 
like hiring, uh, maybe not even a VA, just, just where do you look when you, when it's like, okay, it's time to hire, it's time to add mm. to the team. Where do you start looking? Oh, I so saw, I just need, I want to take a step back for a second and ask what specifically you offer with social media. Um, so I, um, I do the, at the moment I'm doing everything from creating the designs, making the strategy. Sometimes I'm even in front of the camera and doing the, um, the, the visual content myself. So, uh, Yes, uh, at the moment I, I do everything from strategy to uh, um, planning the content to uh, uh, making it my to content creation on all platforms on all social platforms. networks. Yes. So you do do you do all the video editing? Uh, yes. You do all that by yourself right now? <laughs> yes, I I don't get much sleep at the moment. <laughs> um. All right. So the first thing that I would look at looking to delegate or outsource in your case is going to be video editing yeah that takes a lot of a lot of yeah. time i bet you that takes up 80 to 90 percent of your time yeah, yeah, yeah you're right about that yeah that would be the very first thing there's tons of video editors out there um the only thing I mean, there's good ones, there's bad ones, there's there's inexpensive ones, there's expensive ones. And I think I think you just need to try a few of them because the first one you hire is, is probably not going to be <laughs> to your liking. Uh, if you do, you got lucky. Um, so I would just try like whenever you whenever you find someone to to contract out, I would do a trial basis and just be like, Hey, here are like three videos and edit these. I can and pay that person. Right. Um, as like yeah. a trial run instead of saying, Hey, I'm going to hire you on like monthly or whatever. Right. So I would, I would try a handful of editors to on a trial basis and then see who's the best. And also That's actually why budget. I really like, Fiverr. Uh, I know Fiverr has a bad reputation in some circles, mm. but for those kinds of positions, I found it's really good. Uh, particularly, like you just give them a few to to try out, right? And then you can work out like a monthly something or other. But yeah, like there, it's very it's very clear on Fiverr that there's not a long term commitment. It's just like here's this one project, it's very project based. Here's this one project I need help with. I also want to say, uh, I think I love the way you're thinking about this, Clay, and, and you kind of glossed over how you actually got there, but he's saying, I want to hire a VA. You're saying, actually, let's consider of everything you do, what takes up the most time because everything is an opportunity cost in your business. And so if you're spending 90% of your time or whatever the number is doing video editing, mm. that's time you're not able to spend selling and finding new clients, right? And so... How do you offload that as quickly as possible? Well, you hire a video editor and then that frees up all that video editing time for you to do more selling. That's a, that's a good point uh, because it's really, it's like 70% of the, the, the stuff I do is video editing. Yeah, it's going to be tough too. Um, I will tell you that it's going to be tough to, because I, I, a lot of people, the very first thing they say is I want to hire a VA to do like some administrative things or whatever. Yeah. And it that's a really easy, low-hanging fruit solution because 
it's usually the mo- the, the least expensive thing for you to pay for. <laughs> it, you know, I mean, like it, it's for a reason. It's yeah, you eventually want to delegate that stuff, but like you're going to be stuck in a very similar situation you are now, except now you're paying a VA, you know, like as an extra expense and you freed up very, very little time. Yeah. Like what, what you're saying, Clay, is like quite often a VA doesn't actually make you money, right? Oh, correct. Yeah. A VA and, is going to be operational and, and, and efficiency. It's not going to be yeah, yeah. profit. Yeah. And so it might be smarter to hire, for example, a video editor is going to make you money. Not only are they going to make you money by completing client projects, which you can bill for, but they'll also free up time, lots of time, where a VA might free up 10% of your time. A video editor would free up, you know, 50, 60, 70% of your time, Niels, and and um, and all that time can be baked into your sales process, can be reinvested. When you're when you're so early, when you're so young in your business, time and money are very equal in value, right? And so anytime you can anytime you can free up your time, Niels, to grow your business, yes. that's a good mm-hmm. investment. Uh, yes, uh, I think that's a, a good point. It would be a, a like a, a f- easy first step to delegate some tasks uh, outside of uh, uh, my my prospect of work. Um, it, it would be a, a easy first step for me to take to just just uh, take the video editing and uh, give it another person to help me with. Yeah, let me let me say this though. Let's just assume you find a good editor. Um, be careful about taking on new clients too quickly because you think you can now. Okay. I, I know I, this is like, I mean that, yes, that's the reason why, right? Because you want to take on more clients and stuff, but like, and I'm telling you this from experience. I learned the very, very hard way is (laughs) I, I didn't have I didn't I didn't hire a contractor like a, a to outsource. I hired somebody on my team to do video editing and stuff. And so I thought, great, I can take on 10 new clients. So guess what I did? I went and took on 10 new clients in the first month of having this video editor. Well, guess what happened? The video editor didn't work out. And now I have 10 new clients with no video editor. And then my, my work suffered because I had to all of a sudden increase my hours to a hundred hours a week just to keep up and I got no sleep and yeah, the, the quality of the work just went down, down. Yeah. And so in startup world, they call this nail it, then scale it, right? You have to get it right. You have to get the process right before you go scaling. And the scaling is then finding all these new clients. So you have to figure out how it's going to work. And make sure that it works well, meaning you have the right person, they know how to do the job, they can do it fairly quickly, they can meet deadlines, all of those kinds of questions. You got to get that right first. If you start to scale before that's right, then yeah, you end up in, in this position that Clay's in. Okay, that's, a, that's a, a good point. Um, um, if I find the correct um, video editor and he works out from this, uh, with me and yeah, he does a good a good job for I don't know two months. Um, what would be the next step? So if I get some new clients, would you then do some other work and delegate it to another person, or would you then consider a VA? Uh, 
what is your opinion on that? So you keep coming back to the VA question, which is a valid question. Um, tell us what you don't have to tell us necessarily all the different things a VA would do, but what percentage of your workload right now would a VA take over? Um, so I was thinking the, the planning part, so put it into the different programs I, I work with and uploading the content uh, itself, because sometimes with some functions you can't plan it, plan it um, upfront, so you have to do it if you want to have to post up at 12 o'clock, you need to be online at 12 o'clock, and this would be mm, a, yeah. a good uh, th uh, thing to free up some time and maybe some some copywriting and canva canva designs okay so how much how much uh time are you spending on that currently like what percentage is it 25 percent of your time 30 percent of your time so i would say maybe 20 percent. so uh, the the content creation takes really the most of the most of my time so canva um video editing and uh, copywriting yeah but but so you're saying a VA would you would want a VA to help with Canva and copywriting as well? Yes. Okay. So for me that wouldn't be a VA. Okay. Uh, for me that would be a designer, copywriter, you know, a social media marketer, yeah. um, someone, someone like that. A VA, a VA to me, a virtual assistant, to me does more administrative tasks. Uh, so. You know, they send invoices, they follow up on invoices, they, boy, it's been forever since I've even thought through a VA, um, because frankly, I, I don't really hire them. Um, but they Cal do, they Booking do, things on your calendar. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Booking flights, uh, just, yeah. Okay, I'm not uh, that far in my uh, company <laughs> that I can need someone to book my uh, flights. Booking client meetings, rescheduling with clients, um... I mean, I guess we, we kind of have a VA on our team, Mateo, and he coordinates like calls on the podcast and, and things like that. But but he also does a lot of other things. And so I I would almost I would almost get the right creative people on your team and then ask them to chip in other places. Like like get a get a good copywriter, get a good uh, Canva designer and and a video editor and have them actually execute on the work that pays the bills you know okay that's a that's a good point because uh, the administrative st stuff doesn't really take that much time um, yeah. i think that's the key learning uh, right now i'm taking from this uh, conversation yeah and it doesn't pay the bills right the administrative work doesn't actually pay the bills it, it frees up your time and then your work pays the bills but it's not as direct okay you know, working from home is mostly great, but there are some days when I realize I haven't left my house or even my chair like all day. Have you been there? Getting outside to exercise or making a trip to the gym are just harder now that my office is just a flight of stairs away. If you're stuck in the same rut as me, then you should try Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W. With the Hydro rower and 20 minutes a day, getting a full body workout is so much easier. Hydro can work up to 86% of your muscles in just 20 minutes for an insane, effective home workout. That's because Hydro 
pairs the effectiveness of rowing with the power of technology to connect you with over 5,000 video trainings, classes, and workouts. And get ready to get out from behind your home desk because after a few months of daily rowing with Hydro, your partner's gonna wanna take you out for a night on the town to show you off. This spring, join the growing rowing community at Hydro. Head over to hydro.com and use code FREELANCE to save up to $400 off your Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W.com and promo code FREELANCE to save $400. Hydro.com, promo code FREELANCE, or just click the link in our show description. Have you ever noticed that many of the problems people calling with on this show can be solved by hiring someone? Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate easy and intuitive. Hiring is always easy when you have access to so many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours when using LinkedIn Jobs. I've used it myself, and it was so simple. In fact, I've made multiple hires using LinkedIn Jobs, and did I mention, by the way, it's free to business owners like me and you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash freelance. That's linkedin.com slash freelance to post your job for free or click the link in our show description. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah. What other be questions careful. can we help you with? This is oh, go ahead, Clay. I was gonna say, be careful about like doing this too quickly, too. I, I'm only saying this because you said, okay, what if I bring on a video editor? Then after a couple of months, then I bring on someone else to do some other work. I'm like, I think that's quite fast, in my opinion. I'm not saying you you can't do it or you can't it can't be done efficiently. I'm just saying that. Um, you know, if you, if like every couple of months, if you're trying to offload work and delegate, like that's, that's really fast. So I, you know, it's going to, one, it's going to take you, I think it's going to take you a bit to find the right people, but two, you need to, it's going to take some time to figure out how to work well together. Um, and then three, and then documenting those processes too. I mean, that, that takes time. And so if you, if you were to like bring on a video editor now, a Canva designer in a couple of months, a VA, you know, a couple of months after that, like, that's a lot. It doesn't sound like a lot, but that's like, that's fast. That's fast. That's a good point. I tend to uh, rush things uh, quite often. So yeah, that's when a good it's, point. What ends up, and I know this again from hard from hard experience, is that when you end up rushing and you hire a bunch of people in a short period of time, you realize that they're all wrong for you, and then you have to let them all go. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a fun day. I I can I think so. Yeah, and and I think you'll find um, your job changes a lot as soon as you have even more than one person to manage, even one person to manage. Right, you go from being a salesperson and a creative to being maybe a little bit of sales, maybe some creative direction and management and coming up with processes and systems and helping people do their job uh, 
as best they can. And that's a whole different skill set. And so if you if you move into that too quickly and all of a sudden you're managing 10 people, that's a huge career change for you and a huge skill set adjustment for you to take on really quickly. And if you can't manage people well because you did it so quickly, then people leave or they get frustrated um, and you don't want that either. Okay. That's, uh, then I can, uh, with the first person I'm working with, um, maybe I can learn the skills of delegating uh, jobs and stuff. And if I feel comfortable, then I will, after a couple of months, I, I, if I'm sure about delegating my jobs, maybe I can take a, a second person to work for me. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think you'll, you'll know the right pace. Um, cause we also don't want to hold you back. Right. Um, Clay's getting a little more risk averse in his old paternal age. Now that he's got a kid, he, he wears the kid gloves a little bit more. Right. Clay? <laughs> yep. Absolutely. But, but you know, I've been that way for a long time, so I can only tease him so much, but, but I think, yeah, I think you'll know the right pace for you and your business. Okay. Sounds, uh, sounds great. Um, I have a, a, another question, which is yes, uh, please. in my mind, uh, like the, the, the last days, 24-7, because I have my my earliest clients. So I have, uh, I have the same offer, but um, with the first clients I get, um, if I just say the numbers, uh, 200 euros. Um, and for the same job, um, I was I was able to... Uh, to to make my offer a little bit better and now i get uh, like 3000 uh, euros for the same job and i don't know if i if it's if i want to just uh, terminate the work with uh, my old clients or if i should have a talk with them to increase the um to make my va- my value more to increase my value with working with them because it's not sustainable to uh, keep them um, if I take 200% more from other clients. Yeah, so is the question, should you hold on to this other client or what's the, what's the question? Yes, uh, the, the question is if I should hold on to the client or if it, um, is there some way I should approach them that I have to increase my price and what would, uh, or should I just uh, look for new clients who are willing to pay more? Um, yes. Well, I think, Clay, you can tell me what you think, but I think always give them a chance. If they're willing to pay the higher rates, you know, mm-hmm. a, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush, as they say. And so, you know, you already have this one client. Just have a conversation with them about your rates. Just let them know your business has grown. You provide way more value than you did when you first signed up. You have way more experience and value than, and, and uh, you know, if you're getting them results, they won't care about the price increase. How okay. long have they been a client? Um, about five months um, at the moment. Do you have a contract with them? Um, no. I, I, month to month? Yes, it's month to month. And, and you're selling literally the exact same service for almost 10 times more? Uh, yes. Okay. Do, so, you have an up, do you have an upgraded anything like a service? Um, I always uh, propose uh, three like packets, and uh, most of the time, they just it's it's set up like that. I have to that it's only smart to choose the middle one. So I have a a, a small packet with with its uh, and a really really large packet, but uh, 
I, I yeah. it's set up that they just uh, it's the smartest decision to do the middle one. So I, I need yeah. I only have one. Um. Yeah. So what I would do is, be I. I don't know. This is just me. Like, there's gonna be a lot of people there. Like, talk to this client. Like, go ahead and stop. Like, like say, hey, you have to pay my higher fee, or or we stop right now. Um. I like the fact that the this this particular client like gave you a chance when you first started up, right? So, I think, and you can do what you want. This is just what I would do. I would t- have uh, same thing. What Preston would say has said. Have a very transparent conversation. And just say, hey, this is what my fee is right now. Um, my costs are higher. Like I'm, I'm much better. You know, or whatever. You can say whatever you want. Um, and I would say, I'm going to like keep you at the current rate for the next like, I don't know, three months, whatever, whatever time amount you choose. And at that point, I would love to continue on. And just be sure to tell them why. And I would say, and just say, I'll, I'll keep you at the current rate for three months because you came on as an early client. Um, but, you know, I can't continue with this. But for the next three months, we can either, you know, we'll continue and you can either like, we can talk about the, the increased fee at that point, or it gives you three months to find someone else if you want to pursue that option. So oh, that way they're just, that way they're just not like, all of a sudden, dead stop. They have nobody to do it. I really like the the way you would approach it. I think I would do it just like that. It's uh, it's not uh, I just I don't just uh, terminate the contract and uh, just leave them with nothing. It's a nice middle way, and uh, I think transparency is key um, at yeah. this point. I agree. They'll appreciate very, very it too. They're business yep, owners, smart. you know. It's they'll they'll understand. I think okay. Clay, you nailed that one. I mean, for me, that was that was perfect. That's a that's that falls under the bucket that we're always talking about of communication, right, and consideration. And it's like, like just communicate with them, tell them what's going on. Don't try to be sneaky or or deceitful or anything, and and um, tell them what's going on. They'll understand. They run a business, and then give them some time. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love giving them the time to to either decide or to find someone else, and and but then they can weigh your value. Yeah. Put a deadline yep. on it though. Yep. Give them three months or whatever to decide six weeks, whatever you decide. And uh, yeah, I love that. Niels, uh, I I think, I mean, if you only take away that from today, I think, I think uh, this call has been good. What what else can we help you with? Um, if you still have time, I have another quick question. Yes, please do. We've got just a few minutes left. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm starting uh, to, to think about building a personal brand um, I'm a big fan of Gary Wee um, but it's uh, a lot of uh, a big time commitment and uh, I was wondering what is your opinion on the value of a personal brand on Instagram LinkedIn or something like that hmm yeah Clay I I actually would love to hear Clay what you think about this because you when you built your first agency you didn't really build it around your your personal brand that much, but, and yet you were so, and and I would say this is true of Dripify too. You were still such a vital piece of that brand, but it was never like, it was never like Clay Mosley agency. Right. Um, Yeah. I think there's a good balance. Um, I think personal brand is 100% important. It's as far as like, how far do you take it is the question, you know? 
Um, and a lot of people don't know this, but like Gary V, he, you know, obviously he's a big personal brand. Um, but his agency, Vayner Media, like 90 plus percent of the clients that they get, they don't work directly with Gary V. Yeah. And so, um, so here, here's my take on it. And this is just my experience is that put some focus into your personal brand, but don't go all in on it. Okay. Don't, don't put a, don't put the majority of your resources into it. Um, I would say, I would say, um, especially just because usually what I would say is do both, but put 80% into one of them, right? Doesn't matter which one, just put 80% into one of them. Um, but in, in the context of this, this podcast and, and what you're trying to do, you're trying to build a, an agency, hire some people, I would say put 80% towards your agency brand name and 20% towards your personal brand. I, I think of examples like, do you, are you familiar with Mr. Beast? Yes. I mean, who isn't, right? <laughs> yes. He's like the number one YouTuber influencer. <laughs> of all time, yeah. Um, the That dude has built up such a big, big, big personal brand. He can create whatever company he wants and he has instant clients. Instant. And so that's that's the power of a personal brand. Um, and I'm not saying you go that route. He's a rare and an anomaly. Uh, I'm just trying to demonstrate the the power of a personal brand and how that can drive business. Um, but yeah, that's what I would do. I, I would uh, I would put 80% towards towards your agency and then 20% personal brand. Okay, I think that's a that's a, a, a good good tip. I think I think another option too you could um you could make your personal brand a subset of your brand right you think about like the Pat Flynn's of the world or or even this mm -hmm. example I gave earlier of clay you know even even on a much much smaller scale like I run Milo that's our brand I feel like I can step away from that brand at any time and the brand could continue as a resource for freelancers. And yet, you know, I'm on the podcast, right? And um, and I'm in our Facebook group all the time, interacting with people. And so there's a little bit of person, my personality in there. Um, you, you look at Pat Flynn, he runs a, a similar business where, you know, a lot of the courses and things aren't dependent on him that they sell, but uh, but then he brings just like this this personality to it. And so I, I think it could be a subset of your business instead of being its own separate thing. I think that's what I worry about is like, if you're trying to build this thing over here, your business, and then you're trying to build your personal brand over here, to me, that, that feels like you're just spreading yourself too thin. I would figure out how your personal brand is a piece of your business and how it can help move your business forward. And it all rolls up into your, your larger business. You know, you know, I just thought of this. Um, I think a really good uh, way to think about this is, and, and I was thinking about this with my agencies, is that people signed up because of me, but they stayed mm. because of my agency. Oh, I love that. Yes. Yeah. That's because a great of my way team, to put it. Because of my team. That's a great way right? to put it. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, like like the way you put it. It's. Uh, I, th I think that's uh, the the. the um well and what platform platform would you uh, think is the best um 
the best platform to promote a, a business uh, for B2B, probably uh, LinkedIn. Or what is your opinion on, on that? Uh, I mean, I've heard great things about LinkedIn, but I've never been, I'm, I'm like non-existent on LinkedIn. Um, I, I, I've always been successful with Facebook and Instagram, but to be quite honest, I would, I would just try, try them all and see where you get traction. Okay. That's yeah. Or, simple or, but effective. Yeah. Uh, you know, Email, the, the marketing advice. The marketing advice I gave a few episodes ago was like, you have to find the convergence of three things. One, which is most effective, right? Where do you get the most sales from? Two, what do you enjoy the most? Because you're going to be able to do more of it if you enjoy it or, or just if you're good at it. Like if you're a better videographer, then do something that leans toward video like Instagram. Mm -hmm. If you're more of a writer, do something that leans more toward writing like Twitter or X or whatever. Um, so those are the, so what brings results, what's enjoyable, and why can't I remember the third one all of a sudden? I've shared this like six times since I... <laughs> uh, <laughs> what you're good at, maybe? That feels like the same thing as enjoyable. Yeah. Anyway. I'll add to it. I'll add to it. Um, yeah, yeah, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I don't mean to interrupt. No, 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 no. Good. Well, I was going to say, you also, you, just need, you also need to recognize what's short-term and what's long-term. Mm, because yeah. like... So many people focus on long-term strategies with, that have delayed gratification and then they get burnt out and then they wonder, why isn't this working? AKA social media is long-term. SEO is usually long-term. Um, so you need to do a good mix of both where you're doing short-term, like get you sales now, while you are focusing on long-term, more sustainable strategies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, I think it'll just take some experimentation. I, we can't say the best channel is because every channel is different for every business. Mm -hmm. You you might see great results on LinkedIn where maybe we haven't. Uh, you might see great results on threads or TikTok or email marketing or putting up billboards in your city. Like we, we just don't know. Um, part of the challenge of being a social media agency is sometimes that people expect you to be good at all of it on, like for your uh, own brands 100 percent. yeah it's a big challenge because like I, i'll find a you know i'll have someone pitch their social media agency to me and i go and they have like 379 twitter followers and i'm sort of like Meh. <laughs> i'd almost rather they not have a twitter account at all than have an account that's that's doesn't have really yeah. any activity on on it or anything so that's something to keep in mind too All right, Niels. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, any any last minute, last like rapid fire questions? Anything that we've missed? Uh, no, I think you already helped me a lot. It's uh, it's so much input. I wrote uh, so many things down, and uh, um, I need to <laughs> I need to sort my my thoughts uh, at the moment. But it's, it's <laughs> great, it's really great input, and I think I can uh, I can work with uh, all of that. Uh, thank, thank you so much. It helped me really uh, really much. Thanks for well, thank you on. so much for, yeah, thanks for joining us on the show. And um, yeah, we'd love to stay in touch here, how, how your business does. Why don't you really quickly let people know where they can connect with you if they're interested in learning more about you or your business? Um, so I have a, a website um, called nk01.de. Um, this is where you can uh, approach me for if you have some uh, business inquiries, I have social media, but um, 
Uh, I, I really like the point that you said um, you would rather have someone with a no um, social media presence than a really small one because it puts a bad rep um, about your business as a social media marketer. So don't know if I want to uh, um, <laughs> push my Instagram account right now, but you can find, <laughs> find me on LinkedIn on uh, niels.kurzeder. So, Great, and we'll we'll be sure to link to all of that in the show notes of this episode. I've been Preston Lee with Milo.co. We'll also link to that, of course, and Clay Mosley from Get Dripify, the newly uh, registered trademark Get Dripify, <laughs> or just Dripify, I should say, but at drip, GetDripify.com. Uh, Clay, thank you so much for joining as well. We'll talk to you guys later. See ya. Thanks for listening to this episode of Freelance to Founder, a collaboration between Milo, Dripify, and the Poglomerate. You can find links to my business, Milo, Clay's business, Dripify, and of course, our podcasting partner, The Podglomerate, all in the description of this episode. Remember to call in for your own episode at freelancetofounder.com. A very special thank you to the members of the Milo and Podglomerate teams who work behind the scenes to make this production possible. To stream past episodes, visit freelancetofounder.com or search Freelance to Founder wherever you get your podcasts. And that's it for now. Until next time, see ya. We will see you guys on the next episode of Freelance to Founder.